0: the michael duke show i have two guns one for each of you b- b- firearms b- friday
1: as thomas jefferson stated it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed
0: to be at all times armed. Say
2: hello to my dear i
3: say that the second amendment is in order of importance the first amendment the right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all Addiction. The right
1: to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, not be infringed.
0: Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. It's
2: my rifle, it's my gun, this
4: Firearms Friday. Well, T-G-I-F-F-F. Thank goodness it's finally Firearms Friday. Could be f f f f freaking Firearms Friday. Uh, Good morning. Hey, how are you? Welcome to the program. It is that uh, one day a week that we dedicate to issues surrounding the Second Amendment. And... uh, and the uh, and the right to keep and bear arms and firearms and gun laws and all the other good stuff that we've got going on. <laughs> Hello my friends. Oh man, this week has just flown by. Can't believe it already Friday. I mean it's good. Don't don't get me wrong. Super happy. Super happy that it's Friday, but wow, what a what a week. What a world. What a world. Um. All right, <clears throat> we are ready to go here to dive into this. Today on the program, still, still no Jacob Selim from Reason Magazine. He has been doing some amazing and very good writing on um, what's been happening uh, in New Mexico, which we are going to cover um, uh, here this morning, uh, do a, do a deep dive on. But he has been doing a lot of good work on that. Over at Reason Magazine, so even though he's not here, we'll be using his article today as a bit of a primer for what we've been talking about, and uh, we I look forward to uh, look forward to uh, seeing what he has to say um, through his writing, and we'll get a we'll get it we'll get a real good uh, we'll get a real good look at what's happening there, both in uh, New Mexico as well as um um. Uh, As well as his writing on the Hunter Biden case, which is interesting because it uh, it may have some ramifications for us here in the gun community, uh, which I find very interesting. We're going to we're going to we'll talk about that here. We'll get into that here in just a bit of it here. It's going to be interesting. But Jacob has been doing some good writing on it. So even though he's not here personally, we will sit down and talk with him. Uh, through his writings, and uh, hopefully get some good information on that. Lots of stuff to go through here this morning. Uh, we'll also be covering the trial uh, of the, uh, of the uh, Oregon Measure 114, which, uh, for those of you who uh, are not aware, is a new <clears throat> citizen-led initiative uh, for gun control in Oregon, which is currently... Uh, being tried in uh, Harney County in Oregon, where the judge does not seem to be swayed by some of the arguments that the state is making on some of these issues, uh, basing it especially on the constitutionality of the law itself. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that, again, we have we have the Broome decision to thank for that. We'll get into some of the details on that. And talk about that as, uh, as more and just more evidence, by the way, there'll be more evidence today uh, that the law abiding, <clears throat> uh, you know, that the laws that we see in this country, specifically around gun control, only really apply to the law abiding. I mean, again, I don't know how many times we'll have to say it, but I just would like to point out to you that criminals, by the very definition of their title, don't care about the law they ignore that's why they're criminals. And so everything that we're doing and everything, all kind of the, the nonsense and the political theater and everything else that's going on is really <clears throat> in the long run about control of you, the law abiding citizen, not about the criminal. Um, in fact, that was one of the big glaring things that came out during the, uh, um, during the presentation of that uh, ban by the New Mexico governor um, um uh, Luhan, uh, is that Grisham, Luhan Grisham, sorry, <laughs> by Grisham is that she said right in her right in her uh, 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 presentation of the th- the edict in the first place is that this really wasn't going to do anything to stop criminals. And and yet she went on to say how we need to stop the gun violence. Again, basically intimating that even though her law would not do anything to stop criminals, by disarming law-abiding citizens, we would somehow stop the violence. So logically, as we go through that, that means that she somehow thinks that private citizens owning guns has led to all this violence. Not to the criminals. But that somehow private law-abiding citizens owning guns for sport or fun or the right of self-defense or for hunting, somehow they're responsible for the gun violence that she was lamenting in that. I mean, it's the only reasonable, logical conclusion to come from her comments, right? Because if she's basically saying we need to – nobody should be able to carry a gun. Oh, by the way, I know this really isn't going to affect criminals. They're really not going to do anything. But we need to limit we need to you know limit all this gun because of gun violence and the and the deaths and the murders and let me let me let me reel off three or four incidents that all happened here all by criminal elements but I know that what I'm doing here is not going to affect criminals, but it's of course it's constitutional it's the only way to stop gun violence I mean there is just. <clears throat> The mental gymnastics that are required to try and come around to this woman's point of view um, are astonishing. Let me just put it that way. Astonishing. So we're going to go through uh, that as well and how the law system continues to fail us. Um, We'll talk about that. What else do I got up here? Oh, New York City. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff here to go over and talk about. Meanwhile, uh, I have also opened up the phone lines. The phone lines will now open. We will take your phone calls at any time. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. It's gun Q&A all day. Well, in hour one anyway. Uh, because in Hour 2, we're going to be joined by Top Shot champion Chris Chang, who will be joining us live from California. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll be joining us and we'll be talking about, well, I, I'm sure we'll probably have a good discussion, a little bit of his take on what's happening in New Mexico. And does he fear something like that happening in California? Um, <clears throat> and uh, what else he has got in the, you know, we just, we like to catch up with Chris. To see what he's been doing, uh, because he has got his he's got so many hats that he wears, including as one of the founders of the uh, APAGOA, which is the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. He is um, he's a busy guy, so we'll see what he uh, we'll see what he has to say in hour two, and then of course we will be finishing up. Um, we'll be finishing up with Willie Waffle um at the end of the program uh this morning. So, it's to for the weekend movie review. It'll be fun. It'll be enjoyable. Can't wait. Can't wait. So, um that's it. That's the that's the rundown for the whole show this morning. I mean, I just I I'm, I'm ready. Firearms Friday for those of you who are just just showing up here and and maybe have stumbled across this program. On some radio station uh, or some radio dial somewhere in the state of Alaska, Firearms Friday is the one day a week where we sit down and we talk about the Second Amendment and what I believe is the importance. It really is, uh, you know, old Chuck Heston um, said it in the in the theme to the show. It's just part of the theme music for Friday. Is that uh, He said, uh, you know, I think that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment because it's the one right that allows all the other rights to exist. And that is so blatantly true, so blatantly true, because we can have the right to assemble, the right to practice our religion, the right to... Uh, you know, not have our homes invaded, uh, you know, the right to all these other things. But if the government or politicians or bureaucrats or whatever you want, you know, whoever the boogeyman is that we're talking about here, decide that they want to violate those rights. It is the implicit threat of an armed citizenry that keeps them in check. Full stop. And that is why, even as battered and bruised as our American Constitution is, as uh, warty and blistered as uh, we are as a as a nation, we're still the freest nation on the face of the earth. And I would I would argue and have argued for many years that the one reason that we have remained as free as we are is because we, as Americans, refuse to give up that right of self-defense, refuse to let the government disarm us, and therefore are in the, you know, there's that still small voice, that quiet voice in the back of politicians' heads when they say, oh, we want to, you know, we, we, we want to really take a strong approach on this and we want to tell you what to do, but we can only go so far. Because we know that you, because civil disobedience is a hugely, I mean, that's really an American ideal, right? I mean, we're, this country was built on civil disobedience. And then, of course, they understand also that it's not just being civilly disobedient. I mean, the guy who is standing in Tiananmen Square was disobedient, right? Um, And he made a statement, and God loved that guy. But at the same time, he had no other way to fight back than to stand in front of a tank. We have the way to fight back if we need to. And that that's the whole point, is that it's an implicit threat. It's not overt. It's not storming the Capitol, uh, uh of this various states or standing in your state legislator building with a AR-15 strapped across your chest or anything else. It is just that quiet voice in the back of these politicians' minds knowing, well, we can only go so far because if we push them too far, they'll push back. And I think that's what... Jefferson and Madison and Adams all talked about, Jefferson specifically, Jefferson was very, very vocal about that, that that is the only thing that will hold the momentum of a overarching federal government or state government in check. So that's why we talk about all these things every Friday, because I think it's important. I think we can't lose sight Of how important that is, even if all I had guns for was for nothing more than self-defense, I didn't go hunting, I didn't go sports shooting, I didn't go anything else. Even if all it did was collect dust on the shelf of my closet, that is my right. It is there for that rainy day. It is there for that inevitability that I may, just may, be called on to defend my family from enemies foreign and domestic. From... You know, burglars and ne'er-do-wells and, and cut purses or an overarching, overzealous federal, state, or local uh, bureaucrat, functionary, or elected official. That's really what it's – that's really the, the bottom line. That's why the Second Amendment exists and it has worked so long. 245 years now or whatever we're at. 235, 240 years. We're right there. It has worked for that long. So that's why we talk about it on Friday. All right. I suppose uh, I'm up against the break, so I'll get ready to talk about some of these stories. And we'll take your phone calls because... I'll be honest with you. There's nothing I like better than talking to you guys on the phone. That's always fun to get your perspective on things and talk about it. Um, if here's the big, here's my call. Let me let me throw this out there. If anybody here has lived in New Mexico in the past, or has family or friends or has any personal experience with New Mexico, I'd love you to call in this morning because I want to get a flavor. I want to get a feel for who the people are in New Mexico. I mean, I know it's kind of a purplish state, but I want to get your take on how they feel. I mean, is it purplish in the same way Alaska is, where even the Democrats love their guns? I'm curious. So if you know, or if you have family, or you're familiar, give me a call this morning, 907 433 3150. 907 433 3150. Back with more. It's Firearms Friday here on The Michael Luke Show. Ah. Uh, mm, okay. Let's see. Don't break a hip. Be careful, Bill. Don't step out front and break a hip. That definitely is. <laughs> he apparently stepped out of his front porch the other day. He went right after it had gotten frosty and had a little, had a little slide. He was sliding on into work. Um. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello, my dad. I mean that's to my actual dad. Hi dad. Uh hi mom. I know they're both listening this morning. Um gift that keeps on giving. Reuse, repurpose, recycle. A thirty Rick, a thirty round what? my <laughs> Guys are talking amongst yourself. It's like it's like peering in on a conversation that you weren't really paying attention to, and you come back and you're like, what? What's everybody talking about? What's it's it's it's, uh... um have I been following the series of essays on gun curious? I have not. Somebody steal my gun curious thing. That's right. Somebody steal that. Um Okay, good morning, good morning, good morning. No one tells me what to do. I don't let government get in my businesses, Amy. Good for you, sister. Good for you. Uh, ungovernable. I got to get that T-shirt finished. I got to get that T-shirt. That thing is, oh, you can't, that's not the right. Sorry, wrong picture. I forgot I hadn't pulled it up. Um, I got to get that, ungo- I, I got to get it. It's got the most interesting man in the world in silhouette, and then it's like stay ungovernable, my friends. Um, Jarrett McDonald, call snakes and scorpions in New Mexico. Well, there's like, yeah, gotta do it. I gotta do it. What I gotta read the I gotta read the back the series of essays on gun carries. I how was I not even aware? Did you send me that before? And I, if you did, I apologize. Gun curious, yeah. Let me go over here. Uh, gun curious. Okay. Um. Damn! Somebody stole my i. Somebody stole my phrase. The heck, man. Um, yeah, I've been using the term gun curious for like 10 years, 15 years, maybe for those interested in, but unsure about the gun culture. I like that. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to have to go. Now I'm going to Camille Bosshard. Does she do all of them? Is she, is she the, is she the, oh, Malachi Wood. So it's a bunch of different authors. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to have to go back and read through this. Ooh, there's a lot. There is a lot. Okay. New year update on Gun Curious. Okay. Well, Interesting. Um, yeah, I'll have to go back and, I'll have to go back and, uh, read this. How long has this thing been going on? Um, guncurious.wordpress.org. So it's just a blog somewhere in the, wow. How long is it? Uh, September, July, August. So it started in February of 2019. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'll have to check that out. There's a lot of, uh. A lot of good stuff. Guncurious.wordpress.com. Brian says its efficacy is good. Uh, it's going to go. No, no, no. T-shirt response. Oh, that's what it was. Brian wants me to get that T-shirt put together. I got to do it. Got to do it. Stay ungovernable, my friends. All right. Uh, here we go. And we're getting back into it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. Ready to dive in. But I got a phone call. Oh, you saved me. You saved me. Here we go. We're going to jump into it right now. Uh, Like, share, follow. Let's do it.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon?
6: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns
2: and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
5: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. Yeah, we can live with that.
4: Absolutely, we can live with that. Welcome back to the program. It is... Firearms Friday, yeah baby Uh, Ready to to dive into this with both feet Uh, All the folks in the chat room, I got all caught up here this morning and we're ready to go And I have got a phone call here this morning, which is my favorite thing so let's uh, let's see what you guys have to say. Again, I put the call out right before the break to say that if you or if your family member or if you have some personal knowledge and experience with New Mexico, living in New Mexico, being there, visiting, spending a lot of time there, I'm trying to get a feel for how the people of New Mexico feel uh, or people who have been there. You know, What kind of folks are they? I mean, again, I know the state is kind of purplish, but is it purplish in the same way Alaska is kind of purplish in some ways? Um, my, one of the, uh, Denise in the chat room says, I got a, I got a cousin named buddy, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. In New Mexico. His words, when I asked, well, not really words, he chuckled and then said, blank her. <laughs> And he didn't use the word screw. It was, I mean, so apparently there is some feelings there on that. Let's go over to the phones and see what uh, you guys have to say this morning uh, and uh, get get a, get a feel for it. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: This is Brian calling you live from the Fishhook.
4: Good morning, Mr. Brian from the Fishhook. What's going on, sir? Uh,
2: clearly my communication is not- in the chat room, and I blame myself for being undercaffeinated. But my I wanted to clarify that that was uh, the just Do It was related to you producing those T-shirts. Oh, um, <laughs> the gun curious thing was uh, there's a professor. I think it's a Wake Forest somewhere, somewhere back east. I don't think it's in Yankee Land, but it's back east. Um, a guy named David Yanami, and yeah, he holds a course, uh, teaches a course. He's a sociologist. And what I was referring to, and I thought we'd already talked about this, but there's a series of essays that is, uh, that class is put together after a trip to the range. So that's, that's what I was trying, trying desperately to explain, but apparently failed to do so.
4: It's, it, it's, 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 it's Friday, but boy, it does feel like a Monday. Like everybody is like stumbling around on their words in the chat room. And even I, this morning was like a little gag, 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 I don't know. I think it's just been, it's been a long, short summer. And uh, we're just not, you know, we're not ready for the winter, and we're trying to accumulate ourselves. I did find the, uh, I did find the link. Uh, uh, Brian was talking about uh, a, a blog called GunCurious.wordpress.com and they've actually got youtube videos sociology of gun class students field trips to the gun range and everything else i'm looking forward to this i'm i'm looking forward to reading through this this blog and i was a little mad because i've used the term gun curious for probably going on 15 years now for to, trying to describe people who are not pro gun yeah, yeah, yeah what's that to
2: cha- challenge him to a duel i should
4: challenge him to a duel you've taken my phrase you owe me a quarter um but i've i've used the i've used the i've i've used the term to describe people who are not pro gun they're not anti gun um, and his his title here on his blog is perfect he says gun curious for those interested in but unsure about guns and i think that kind of that kind of assimilates it so no brian you always bring me some of the more interesting stuff that i just I don't have the time to go out and find. And so I love it when people bring me more kind of esoteric or fringe things that, you know, that they've stumbled across. And uh, between that, I mean, I think, I think you were the one that introduced me to hand-waving freak-outery as well on Substack. And that guy, I'm still—
2: Maybe, may well be, but—
4: yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to get B.J. <laughs> Campbell to, on the program to talk about that stuff because it, it is— That guy, if you do not subscribe to hand-waving freak-outery on Substack, Um, he, he writes some of the most, uh, just detailed thought provoking stuff about the statistics of guns and he writes it in an entertaining way. Um, it's, uh, it's good stuff, but, uh, I appreciate it. I should, Brian should be actually be a paid researcher or something on the show here where I can actually, cause he, he feeds me a lot of good info on things that I just don't have time to go out and look at. So I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you for uh, sounding off this morning. All right. I hope you have a great weekend. I'm going to. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. 907 433 3150. 907 433 3150. So, for those of you who have been living under a rock and aren't aware of what we've been talking about with uh, looking for New Mexicans and trying to figure out what their feelings were, um, you know, uh, about going on. I could tell you right now this was – this all came out of uh, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham's um, unconstitutional order, suspending the rights of people in Albuquerque and Ber, uh, um, Bernilo County. Bernie, uh, I know I was going to screw it up. Somebody, somebody gave me the pronunciation last week. I was going to say Bernilo County. Anyway, um, she is in some serious – she's in some serious doo-doo here. She is in some serious trouble. Not only did I think that she thought she was going to get all this backing from the left for trying to suspend those rights. By the way, all of that has been now abrogated by a judge. One of the judge, uh, a a federal judge, said no. He put an injunction on it, um, but she then went ahead and the, the, the judge iced it, right? Even though he did that, the governor then went, announced, uh, went ahead and announced another version last week, which was scaled back, which limited her ban solely to parks and playgrounds in the city and county, which is no more constitutional than the first edict was. So this is going to have to be fought again, and a judge is going to have to come back in again and put the kibosh on this. But I will tell you right now that her continual movements have done two things. First, there's a new poll out that shows uh, how New Mexicans feel about this. The New Mexico Shooting Sports Association is touting a new poll that found more than two-thirds of residents who were surveyed objected to the governor's edict, and even more of them believe that criminals aren't going to pay attention to Grisham's ban. According to data from a statewide survey commissioned by the New Mexico Shooting Sports Association, an overwhelming majority of New Mexican voters believe that tackling crime and putting criminals behind bars, not banning firearms, is the best way to keep loved ones safe. Our statewide survey affirms that most New Mexican voters uh, believe their community is less safe due to Governor Lujan Grisham's ban on law-abiding citizens carrying firearms, said Ryan Munz, president of uh, Coefficient, a national public opinion research firm. There is a broad agreement that violent criminals will still have guns and will still commit crimes, to which by the way Grisham admitted in her own uh, in her own speech when she first announced this to begin with she knew that this was that that this i'm looking for crim uh where is it um i'm looking to see there was another there we go um grisham understood that she was defying bruin when she wrote the order to begin with and she admitted um that her edict could have no effect on the behavior of criminals she she knew that. This is a YouTube link which uh, I think some of you some of us are not going to be able to I asked yeah. all of in All right. Major in law and... Okay. Um, she admitted during the during the round table discussion where she talked about this, she admitted that this would have no effect on the behavior of criminals. So, shocking um 68% of New Mexico voters oppose Governor Lujan Grisham's order to ban law-abiding citizens from open and concealed carry uh, in the city of Albuquerque and nearly all respondents 89% of voters believe that criminals will ignore the ban because there cr- i mean obviously there's 11% of people who are idiots out there 89% believe that the criminals will ignore the ban there's obviously a village that's missing its idiot out there because they answered this poll. Of course they're... Why do we... They're criminals. They have decided to rape, rob, steal, murder, do all those things. Anyway. um, To keep their families safe, New Mexicans agree that politicians and law enforcement should focus on putting violent criminals in prison instead of disarming law-abiding citizens in public. 83% said that a crackdown on crime, which includes putting criminals behind bars, is the most effective way to protect families and to keep citizens from harm. Uh, I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, it's abundantly clear that common sense prevails in New Mexico with voters blaming criminals for crime, not inanimate objects. They, uh, then they went on to talk about the modality of the, uh, um, of of the of the poll and what they did and how many people they talked to and of you know, they, I mean again, sixty eight percent said that uh, oppose the thing and 89 percent believe criminals will ignore the ban because of course they will, that's the problem. Well, I she she just keeps doubling down on this whole thing. She just keeps going. She just, you know, again after the first one was was uh, derailed by the court order, she put out the next one, which this time just banned him for parks and everything else. Which again is still unconstitutional. So there's probably going to be more, but we'll see what this play, how this plays out for uh, Grisham, because in the long run, she may have overstepped here. She may have overstepped. Um. Since the governor is continuing in her gun banning ways, the Republican minority in the State House of New Mexico is still moving forward with their impeachment efforts. Uh, Santa Fe News, uh, uh, Santa Fe, uh, the Santa Fe New Mexican uh, uh, writes Representative John Block of Almagordo and Stephanie Lord of Sandia Park this week launched a certificate form. For lawmakers to sign calling for an extraordinary session to impeach Lujan Grisham over an executive order prohibiting carrying open or concealed firearms in public. The governor ordered the 30-day ban, part of an effort to stem gun violence in New Mexico after the shooting death of an 11-year-old boy, et cetera. Et cetera the U.S. Constitution is absolute and designed to protect the rights of the people against tyrannical decisions like Governor Lujan Grisham attempted to do um block meanwhile called the governor's actions despotic um <laughs> House Republicans are pursuing emergency action in the state Supreme Court to ensure that such an unlawful attack on the state Constitution never happens again uh but they are moving forward with the impeachment of the governor now it remains to be seen I mean quite a few Democrats have publicly come cond- down on condemned the governor and basically you know, Said no. I mean, David Hogg said that there is no how, – how, what did he put it? How did he put it? I want to make sure that I get it right. Uh, even Hogg, um, you know, said uh, – well, first, Ted Liu of uh, California, uh, he said the governor's order violates the Constitution. He says there's no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. And Hogg concurred and said exactly the same thing. Even people like David Hogg and Ted Liu are out there saying, "You can't have an exception to the Constitution. You can't have a public health emergency exception. You can't do that. There is no so I think it's going to be interesting to watch as Grisham has to fight back on all these things and by the way <clears throat> they they're right the The people of New Mexico who said when it comes down to it, the people of New Mexico should be uh." Uh, they should be focused or the the uh, government of Mexico should be focused more on putting criminals behind bar cracking down on crime doing those kind of things and they're right why because of what happened in Denver which i'm going to tell you about here in just a moment how's that for a tease all right we'll be back it's firearms friday phone lines are open 907-433-3150 We'll continue the Michael Duke show back with more right after this.
5: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee.
1: (laughs) Ha, nice beard.
5: The Michael Duke Show. Okay,
4: Firearms Friday. All right. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh man! Uh, the Common Sense Show guy found that there's a proposal in D.C. to hike the tax burden to a whopping five trillion dollars. Uh, some people are saying that the taxes levied on firearms and ammo are through the roof. Um, interesting how spammers almost always call. Uh, I've heard that there's been some. Um, I've heard that there's been some discussion about taxing firearms and ammunition. Which they've tried in the past. They have tried that in the past. And it's eventually, you uh, know, okay, I say Brian just threw me that. I can't, of course, I can't click the damn link. All right. Bern and Nilo. Bern Who cares? Who cares? Have them try and pronounce Uhtiavac, okay? Um, Anthony said... I'm surprised that there hasn't been a full-blown New Mexico revolution. The government is literally violating constitutional – fundamental constitutional law. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Grisham is like a lot of politicians, urban-centric, which is where her voter base lies. They differ to the voices which most closely surround them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Exactamundo. Um. My list Teresa's like, my list of block spam calls almost look like the New York City's White Pages phone book. I know there's like I remember I don't normally get those calls, but one day I remember I got the call like six times throughout the day, all of them from different Alaska numbers. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, what the what the what? Um Grisham doesn't need to fight. She just needs to go to jail. For the rolling rolling list of constitutional violations, she tried to loophole into effect. If that woman doesn't go to jail, it's a signal that the government is entirely ineffectual at a national level. I mean, she she definitely has overreached her thing, and I think that she uh, – her power. And uh, the abuse of the emergency powers that were put in during COVID, they are uh, Bernilio. There we go. Berna – Bernalillo. Berna Leo. Berna Leo, Berna Leo, That's what it was. Berna Leo, like Berna, you know, that lady you knew back in high school that was the cafeteria lady, Berna and Leo, your birth sign, Berna Leo. Um, yeah, no, she, the problem is, and I know that they're now working on repealing Several states are working on repealing the powers that they gave to their governors during this time or that their governors had and abused during that time. So they already did that with Widmer in uh, Michigan. They pulled her horns in real quick, real quick. Um. Denise asks off topic, did anybody see else see the response from the school board yesterday afternoon? I did not. Although I did receive an email, which I did not respond to because I was super busy yesterday, from a caller, somebody who listens to the program, and said that I was misinterpreting what they were doing at the um, school board there with the lottery thing. Um, she said it's the left trying to spin what they're doing. And so, I don't know, I haven't spoken to the person yet, but I'm going to, we'll see if we can get the, let's see. Anthony, make the double L as a Y. The double L is a Y sound, like Pollo, like Pollo, (laughs) which looks like Polo, Pollo. Yeah, got it. Got it. Well. You know, some of us are just not up on their Spanish. What can I say? You know? Uh, Okay. Um, Whitmer was rewarded, however, with re-election and a Democratic legislature, said Donna. That is true. That is true. I was a little disappointed to see that after all the abuse that came out during that COVID time and how she was doing all those things. And then they re-elected her. And I thought, well... Apparently they like, they like tyranny, they apparently like despotic tyranny. So you get what you vote for. I guess at that point, that's kind of how I was feeling about it. I guess that's what you get for. Um, all right. Um, And again, mark my words, if even a drop of that New Mexico Kool-Aid makes it through, it'll be the launching point for all kinds of shenanigans against the Second Amendment. Yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. Like I said, even the Democrats are like, whoa, 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 whoa. But maybe she she could have been emboldened by Gavin Newsom's ploy, right? He had the same kind of nonsense with that whole 28th Amendment thing, which was really political theater. So is this more political theater? Maybe she thought she was going to get more support. She may have overplayed her hand. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Nobody likes tyranny, says Jeannie. Jeannie, I have to disagree with you. There are people that like tyranny because it's comfortable. Because it is in their comfort zone. There are people that like
5: tyranny. Here we go. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy, public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh Michael Duke show. All right.
4: Welcome back to the program. Ready to go here. Before we went to break, we were just talking about, um, you know, how the New Mexico, this new poll in New Mexico talking about people wanting to to, uh, you know, wanting the government to crack down on the stuff. Instead of disarming people, what they really need to do is they need to put criminals behind bars and crack down on crime and do all that stuff, which seems like kind of common sense stuff. If you break the law, you should have to pay the price. If you violate the societal norms, then you should be, you know, that we've all kind of decided on through the process, Right. Then you should be uh, 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 punished for that. But instead, what we have is we have a lot of governors, uh, a lot of Democrats, a lot of uh, uh, government officials and politicians who are doubling down on two sides of it. On the one side, they're saying we need to disarm people, and then the other side, the criminals. It's not really their fault, and we need to make sure that they can reintegrate and they should be, and they could. But but that's not what happens. That's not what happens. Let's go over to Denver for a second. I got a phone call, but let me go over to Denver. I want to get through this. Denver has uh, has been cracking down. Colorado Democrats have been cracking down on gun owners for years. They've got large capacity mags, red flag law laws. I mean, all this kind of stuff. Um, but even as the state has cracked down on lawful gun owners... Violent crime has continued to rise. Denver has seen a 3% increase in homicides this year, so far compared to last. Um, And one of the city's most recent murders happened this last Monday night when a 50-year-old Uber driver was shot and killed in what police are calling a random attack. Now, here's the problem. As it turns out, the suspect is no stranger to law enforcement and should actually have probably been in jail Instead of on the streets, instead of opening fire with a gun that he wasn't legally allowed to possess. The, the assailant, uh, uh, who I won't name, was charged with four counts of domestic violence back in August in the alleged kidnapping and assault of a 22-year-old woman. He was released on his own recognizance. Okay. Okay. Uh, The problem solvers obtained a court document signed by uh, the defendant on September 1st, where he checked a box when he was released stating that, I'm acknowledging I don't have any firearms or ammunition in my immediate possession or control or subject to my immediate possession or control. Yet just 18 days later, he was arrested by the Denver police after killing the Uber driver. But that wasn't the only run in he just had with law enforcement. The television station there went back and searched the records and found out that he was due in court next week to be sentenced in another violent crime. It turns out that he was sentenced, he was to be sentenced uh, this coming Monday for assaulting two Denver police officers earlier this year. Back in February, he'd been drinking, he blacked out, the police were called, yada, yada. He got into a fight and punched one of the male officers in the, on the left cheek and the female officer in the face. After he was rest, arrested, police discovered he had three extraditable warrants. So the prosecutors, in early August, dismissed two counts of felony assaults against the police and allowed him to plead guilty on a lesser count of a criminal uh, attempt to criminal assault. He was supposed to receive probation. So he, in the last year, this guy has been charged with five felonies. And at every turn, the criminal justice system sought a way to let him be free without any consequences for his actions. I mean, until he murdered somebody in cold blood with a gun that he wasn't supposed to have. This is what we're talking about, people. This, this is what HB 91 was all about. Criminals can, they just, there has to be consequences. And you can't just make it the revolving door that you're, that you're making it right now. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Well, I'm Mike. It's Fred. How you been?
4: Hey, Fred, what's happening out there in Rhode Island, my friend?
3: Another sunny day over here for, for a change. Anyway, reason I'm calling you is, you know, Governor Grisham, this whole thing in New Mexico, Governor Grisham, hang on. Hang, my, my, I'll call you back, Mike. I just kept the doorbell ringing. Hang on. Oh, okay. I'll call you back. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks, Fred. Fred's like, got to go.
4: Doorbell's ringing. All right. Well, Fred, we'll talk to Fred at the top of the next hour. <laughs> got to go. Got to go. Doorbell's ringing. Um, all right. Um, but anyway, this this whole thing right here. Um, um, uh, this, this, this whole thing with, uh, this New Mexico with what's going on in Denver, the stories we see time and time and time again of people who are prohibited people, uh, using firearms, criminals who are doing crimes, who are out on, on bail from another crime or awaiting trial on a crime that they did two crimes ago. I mean, this is it's become the revolving door and you wonder why we're having such a spate of violent because you basically told them that there are essentially no consequences. For what's going on. You hurt somebody, you assault somebody. This guy had three extraditable warrants and they let him go again. (laughs) What the what? Three extraditable warrants, so they went ahead and dropped the felony charges. Why? They offered him probation and a misdemeanor plea after assaulting those two cops. After being accused of domestic violence and kidnapping. You see, Colorado and other places don't have a gun problem. It's a violent crime problem. This is the same kind of argument that we saw, you know. Every time we hear, I don't know if you've ever watched the video from a YouTube channel called uh, called Amidst the Noise, but he has a video from about eight years ago. That if you haven't watched it, he doesn't have too many videos up, but he it, it's excellent video, and it talks about violent crime, and it talks about how we keep holding up, for example, like England. Oh, we should do what England does and disarm everybody. Yeah, except for that they fail to point out the fact that the violent crime rate in England after they disarmed the citizenry spiked dramatically and has remained high compared to violent crimes, uh, it, you know, compared to its, its, uh, its previous uh, numbers and even compared to the United States. More violent crimes. Because, one, people can't defend themselves, and two, this is the same kind of nonsense we see over there, where it's the revolving door of justice. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say justice. It's not the revolving door of justice. It's just the revolving door. There is no justice in that. Show me the justice in why you would dismiss charges against a guy who was now up for charges uh, of first-degree attempted murder, who who was uh, for kidnapping— And all this kind of, I mean, tell me, tell me where the justice is in that. Tell me where the justice is of offering somebody probation or a plea deal after assaulting two police officers and allowing him to bond out without a penny on his own recognizance after being accused of domestic violence and kidnapping, even though he has three extraditable warrants. Tell me where that makes sense. And then he goes on to kill somebody. Well, I mean, tell me how that works. Tell me in your world how that makes any sense at all. It doesn't. (sighs) But that's the world we live in these days. That is the world that we live in. Uh, The laws only apply apply to the law-abiding law abiding because we're the only ones that seem to follow it. And when the criminals don't follow it, they don't even feel the pain or the wrath or the, the, the consequences of their actions, I guess is the better word. All right, we're coming up on the top of the hour here. Chris Chang's going to be coming up in hour two. He'll be joining us sometime after the top of the hour. And then we're going to finish up with Willie Waffle. It is Firearms Friday. That was the fastest hour in radio, wasn't it? Back with more right after this. says um she's sucking up that to hair gel bait meaning gavin newsom she's sucking up to gavin newsom betting that he runs for president and hoping for a shot at his vp as his vp she's done in new mexico i mean i yeah i can't think that this is going to endear her to anybody um you know to (laughs) anybody You know, Democrats or Republicans. I think she's probably stirred the pot enough that even her Democratic colleagues would be like, Ooh, she's radioactive. I don't think I want to be around her. Anthony said overplayed her hand to my comment of that she overplayed her hand. We're over here playing Texas Hold'em, and she plopped down at the table with an Uno deck. That's pretty much it. That's pr- pretty much it for sure. Um... Jeannie says, when are families going to start suing the judiciary for releasing these animals? That's a good question. I mean, that's the question. I mean, how this one specifically is so just absolutely overblown. In less than a year, he got charged with at least five felonies. But at every turn, the criminal justice system has sought to free him without consequences for for his actions, at least until he was accused of murdering a stranger in cold blood. Now that he's facing first-degree murder charges, prosecutors will probably get tough on him though they had the opportunity to put him behind Barnes months ago and refused to do so. Instead, they offered him probation and a misdemeanor plea deal after assaulting two cops and allowed him to bond out without ponying up a single penny or even holding him as a risk to the community after being accused of domestic violence and kidnapping. I mean, that's nuts. And now he's gone out and killed somebody. Although, do you see, I mean, I see a pattern here of this escalating level of violence. It's almost like he wants to go to jail, but they refuse to put him in jail, right? Because it continues to escalate up until the point to where he killed somebody, and now he's going to jail. Maybe maybe that's what he wanted the whole time, and they just refuse to put him in jail. I don't know. But it is an escalating level of stuff. Um, mental Mental health, man. Mental illness, it's a thing. Um, okay, same in Australia. When you do not... Or, okay, wait a second. Um, when you don't arrest someone on a warrant, judges don't have to come in, in the morning and see that there are 30 warrants on their docket. <laughs> uh, daughter says... There is a pattern of the leftist leaders to want us to be afraid of each other. COVID scare, criminals on the street. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fear sells. Fear controls. Fear is the ultimate aphrodisiac in many ways. I mean, it, 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 it's music to those guys' ears. They want to exert control. They utilize fear. Always have. Always have. Okay, let me go over here real quick. Uh, Chris Chang's gonna be joining us shortly. I've got three lines on hold. Holy cow. Man, three phone lines now. Looks like it's gonna be four phone lines here in a hot second. Uh, so we're gonna have we're gonna take these calls right at the top of the hour and then we're gonna bust over to Chris here in just a moment and we will talk with Chris Chang. He's not quite with us yet. so we're gonna see what he has to say. You guys all ready for the white stuff, Termination Dust? And I'm not talking about the beer, which is delicious, by the way. Termination Dust beer from Mount for Midnight Sun Brewing Company. So they only put it out when the Termination Dust hits the mountains. That's when they put it out. It's a very short run, and then they're done. It's delicious. Um, anyway, uh, you guys all ready to protect? I'm not. I have a pile of stuff that I've been trying to haul out of my yard all summer long. I'm going to have to, knuck, I was, and I don't have a truck. That was the problem. I was trying to borrow or pay somebody to help me move it with their truck and everything else. And and every time I try and get something up, it would fall through. I'm just going to have to go rent a truck and do it and, uh, and haul it out myself. Um, but it's just, it's been bugging me all summer long. It's like in the back of my mind. Ugh. Anyway, so I'm just not just shove it all in the mini. It won't. Yeah, I know. Between the tires and the bed frame and the thing and the other deal, yeah, there's a full pickup truck load of stuff. Not gonna work. But I I thought about it. I'll be honest with you. Thought about strapping it to the top. Um, anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna run. We're gonna. I, I think that's what we're gonna have to do this weekend. We're gonna have to run all that stuff to the dump. Um, I should have run it. Uh, what's $19.99 a day. Robert says U-Haul $19.99 a day. I know they don't tell you though, that it's, I mean, it's a $200 deal by the time you're done because I've done that. I've used a U-Haul pickup truck. That's what I've been resisting. I was like, maybe I could just pay somebody 50 bucks for gas and a little time and we can go out and do it together. Um, I'm cheap, okay? I just didn't want to spend the $200 on the U-Haul because that's what it cost me last time I hauled a bunch of stuff out a couple years ago because of the mileage, right? It's not the $19 a day. It's the 23 24 $0.28, $0.30 a mile that they get you for when you have to drive all the way out to the landfill and back and everything else. It's a thing. Okay. Um, Well, here we go. We got three lines on hold. I have no idea who they are. We're gonna jump into this here in just a second, though, and uh, give them uh, the phone lines to begin with, and then we'll be joined by Chris Chang closer towards the break, and uh, we'll be ready to go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Thanks for coming in. Don't forget, wherever you are, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Give me a, give me a, you know, give me a like, give me a share. Yeah, it's $200 in miles. That's what kills me. All right, we gotta go.
5: Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the com for information on how to get access to the podcast.
6: The Michael Duke Show.
0: I have two guns. One for each of you. Firearms Friday.
1: As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at
2: all times armed. Be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend.
3: I say that the Second Amendment is in order of importance the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights
0: to exist at all. Michael Dukakis. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be
1: infringed. Bridge. Firearms.
0: From my cold, dead hands. Friday.
2: It's my rifle, this is my gun, this is for fighting, it's for fun.
4: Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday, your chance to sound off on issues of a two-way nature right here on the Michael Duke Show. Oh, baby, we just... Cr- just- ...crashed through hour one. Like, I mean, it was bro, bull in a china shop. Already into hour two. Phone lines are open at 907-433-3150. And we've got three lines on hold. Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, is going to be joining us in just a minute. And uh, more. So let's just get over to the phones. We're got, got, we got, we right here. Three callers on hold. Let's get to them and, uh, and get started with a little bit of Q&A. Gun Q&A all day. There's no such thing as a dumb gun question or comment... Well, maybe comment. I don't know. Let's start over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: And hey, I'm Mike. It's Fred again. Sorry about that. Got a postal delivery. Change time I, uh, I called in. So no pr- no problem.
4: Get off. What's on your mind, Fred?
3: Anyway, you know, this whole thing was if Governor Grisham out there in New Mexico. We've seen this already happen in Rhode Island. Our governor, LaMundo, Gina Ramondo, at the time, she's she hooked up with uh, Michael Bloomberg when she's the governor and, you know, they had all that nonsense with the every town for gun safety and all that kind of policy crap that they were kind of shoved down her throat on a, on a, on the end of a broomstick. And anyway, you know, she, you know, her just reward wound up being with the Biden administration brought into, you know, the government on the, as the secretary of commerce, who she is now Gina Raimondo secretary, you know, secretary of commerce in the United States. And that was her just. I think that was her just reward for doing the anti-gun, doing the anti-gun dance, and that and that, that was her payoff. Right. I think Grisham's following the same suit. We don't know what you know what, what kind of a golden you know you know golden uh, golden goodie they had you know picked for her. Had she been successful with it? But I think it's uh, I think it's definitely either the DNC or the Biden administration getting a little getting a little mitts on certain individuals they select. To go out and do these things. And if there's a sexual addict, they get paid off in some kind of a political political way.
4: No, I would not disagree. I mean, it's virtue signaling. Look at me, you know, to the powers that be. How do you if you're trying to work your way up the food chain in in politics, you know, and you're at the state level and you want to make a leap to the national stage, how do you do it? well you virtue signaled to the powers that be that you're one of their team members and that's what she just did she just virtue signaled and i think the problem is for her though i think she may have burned the bridge behind her in new mexico so that's a it was a ploy is it going to work i don't know is she going to get offered some job in some administration somewhere i don't know but i think that was it's a dicey gamble for her because I think uh, it's, you know, I think New Mexicans are like, nope, I'm not going to see her back there again. We'll see what happens, but the outrage has been pretty real at this point.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, they, they did it in Rhode Island, and apparently they were successful in Rhode Island with it. Yeah, no,
4: I mean, I, I, I agree, and I see that, and I agree, Fred. I think that's probably a part of what she was doing. Uh, trying to do it. And as Brian said earlier in the chat room, she may be trying to catch the attention of Gavin Newsom, um, who's uh, next door in California, uh, because maybe she was trying to catch his attention to uh, say, hey, look, I'd be perfect VP material for you because of your 28th Amendment. So I don't know. We'll see. Hey, Fred, thank you so much for calling in. Um, It's good to hear from you. Thanks for thanks for being part of it today. I appreciate it. Let's go over here. Next call. Uh, Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
0: Hey, Michael, it's Bull. How are you doing?
4: Good, Bull. What's on your mind, sir?
0: Well, the whole thing, I mean, an armed society is a plate society. An unarmed society is very easy to control. You or any of the listeners that really want to understand everything that's going on, I found out I just bought a gun, first gun I bought actually on the books in years. Well, the guy told me, it's like, oh, we do everything on a tablet now. Well, he started asking me a few questions. He got the email. It's like, I don't have an email. He just looked at me funny. He says, oh, we'll have to do this on paper. I said, I thought you didn't do paper. No, they still have it, but the ATF don't like it. So I really expected to get kicked out and have to file the appeal, but I didn't but yet the feds already have their national gun registry. Anybody that buys a gun today, it goes straight into the feds on the computer. It's there forever. And if anybody wants to know what's happening in this country, did you ever study at all, Cloward and Piven?
4: Yeah, I mean, you you look at Cloward and Piven and what they wrote. I mean, that's been the blueprint for what's been going on. But going back to your gun registry, the argument that you hear from them is, well, you know, we don't keep those records. Of course, the fact is, is that they found that those some of those records have been retained and they've been spanked by Congress for retaining them in the past. But, yeah, you figure that if you do go in, that that 4473 is either going to be retained electronically by the federal government when it does the check or by the gun dealer. And when they close down, they send those in as well. They've been retaining all those 4473s. They know exactly where they are.
0: I know that, and everybody needs to know that. And when it goes on the computer, it's 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 digitally held forever. All right, you have a terrible feedback. You have a good day. Oh, by the way. Why why doesn't Duke Enterprises just buy a pickup truck and write it off? Michael, shit, that'd be the easiest thing to do. And don't write <laughs> off your mileage on your taxes, write off maintenance and and, and parts.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you calling in, Bull, this morning. Uh, He was asking, why didn't I buy a pickup truck? Because I'm lamenting that my one job here that I haven't gotten done all summer is that I have a pile of junk on the edge of my yard that needs to be taken to the dump, and I don't have a pickup truck anymore. I haven't had a pickup truck in five, six, eight years, and so I don't have a way to haul it, and I've I've been trying to avoid going down and renting a truck. I've just, you know... Anyway, uh, first world problem. Hashtag first world problems. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Hi, Michael. This is Jim down in Soldatna. How are you doing today?
4: Jim, uh, it's Firearms Friday. That means I am doing fantastic. Regardless of what it looks like outside, it's a good day, my friend. What's on your mind? That's
3: cool. Hey, you know, uh, bloody old England is the perfect example of guns don't kill people. People kill people.
4: Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, again, just going back to that video that I was talking about from Amongst the Noise, he talks about the statistics of violent crime and murder and death. We saw the same thing in Australia, the rise in murders um, that happened after, the, uh, after they disarmed the populace over there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's violence. See, that's the thing. They they get us locked up into this whole Uh, verbiage cycle of using the vocabulary and saying it's gun violence. No, it's violence. It's violence. Violence is the thing. Whether it's with a gun or a knife or a stick or whatever, it's violence that does the job. And that's what people seem to be missing. They want to pigeonhole it into gun violence.
3: Correct. You know, and another thing is the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment.
4: Absolutely. It's the one right that allows all the other rights to exist. I mean, that's what Chuck Heston, I got that quote in the, in the theme song for Firearms Friday. I've got that Chuck Heston quote. What is in the order of importance, the Second Amendment is the First Amendment. It's the one right that allows all the other rights to exist. You could have all the rights in the world, but if you can't back them up and defend them from you know, criminals or footpads or from, you know, overzealous government entities, if you can't defend yourself, then what good are the rest of the rights? It it's the one thing that's kept us as free as we exactly are today.
3: Right. Yep. All well, right. Michael, I love your show, and that's all I have to say today. All
4: right. Well, I appreciate you calling in. Thank you for being part of it today. I really, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, all right, that leaves, uh, the phone lines open, uh, here at 907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off today and tell me what your thoughts are, I'd love to, I'd love to see what, uh, um, I'd love to see what you guys have to say, um, on any of these things. What else we got? We didn't get a chance to go over the Hunter Biden thing. Um Jacob Selim from Recent Magazine's got a great article which I will post up in the chat room right now about uh Hunter Biden. Um and uh it talks about Hunter Biden's multiplying gun charges threaten the right to arms and the right to trial. Uh it goes on to talk about how specifically uh, because Hunter Biden's plea deal fell apart and because he refused to make any other deal on that, he talks about how the, um, the federal government is now throwing a bunch they their multiplying charges against him. When they were going to write it off and give him a plea deal, it was only a single charge. Uh, now they've charged him with three or four different crimes in regards to that. And that just shows how the right to a trial is being abused by the federal prosecutors. And he goes through some interesting statistics here. He goes through some statistics talking about something like 98% 98 of federal convictions and 95% of state convictions are based on guilty pleas. They're based on plea deals. Only 2% of these federal cases actually go to trial because they've gotten so good – at basically working a plea deal where they basically say, we will throw everything and the kitchen sink at you. And even if you, you know, you may dodge the bullet on 23 of the 25 charges we've given you, but even these two charges that you could lose on will give you five to 10 years. And so we'll just say, give us three years and we'll wipe the whole slate clean. It's just, it's a leverage thing. You have lost your right to trial at this point. That's why 98 percent of these convictions uh, exist in a plea deal. So Solemn points that out to begin with. But also they talk about uh, he talks about in depth the defense that uh, Hunter Biden may be falling back on, which is what his uh, lawyers originally started talking about, was the unconstitutional aspect of the law that prevents people who have used controlled substances from purchasing a firearm, that it is unconstitutional and is not consistent with Bruin. Um, at least two federal judges have concluded that uh, the 18 U S code 922, three, which is the law that says you can't own a gun. If you've been a controlled substance user fails the test last month, the U S court of appeals for the fifth circuit Uh, said uh, overturning a conviction of a Mississippi man who was caught with two guns and the remains of several joints during a routine traffic stop. The courts also rejected the Biden's administration of the law, which relied mainly on transparently faulty analogies between the current blanket ban on gun possession by drug users and early laws aimed at people who publicly carried or fired a gun while intoxicated. That's not the same thing. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. The president's commitment puts him in a position that pits him against his own son because Biden's been all for this law up until now. The clash is going to put a lot of us conservatives in a awkward position because we're going to have to, while we hate Hunter Biden, we loathe what he's done. If we take the Second Amendment seriously, we may have cause to thank him for helping to dismantle the restrictions uh, if he is if he is able to... Uh, withstand this in court it will be an interesting it'll be an interesting thing uh all right um i got one line on hold but i see chris chang's in the chat room and i'm up against a commercial break everything's happening at once which is normally that's just situation normal around here so we're gonna take a quick break i'll take this call off the air we'll talk to chris and when we be back it'll be chris chang top shot champion season four the man the myth the legend it's gonna be good Right back, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free thinking radio.
5: We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and com.
4: Okay, in the commercial break real quick. I see Chris is in the green room. Let me go over to the phones real quick to see who's there. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
3: Hey, Mike. i Hey, Mike. I have a question. I I, I ordered a, um, a 10-inch barrel with a pinned and welded suppressor on it. Did all my proper paperwork, It's been eight months, I haven't heard anything. Is that normal?
4: Uh, yes, that would be normal. Uh, I would expect uh, usually eight, nine months is usually kind of the thing. But when they get behind, I've seen as long as 13, 14 months for suppressors and transfers okay. to come through. Okay. So it's not unusual. Uh, sometimes you get lucky. I've seen them come in as little as uh, six months. But generally speaking, nine, ten months is pretty much the norm for the most part, and sometimes longer. I've definitely, I've had friends who've definitely had it go for more than a year before they finally saw it. Uh, and, okay. And the administration okay. Very is. Good. Yeah, Thank you. No problem. The administration is guaranteed. I, I guarantee the administration is going to be slow walking uh, a lot of this stuff, forcing the ATF to slow walk a lot of this stuff because that's that's just how they do it. Goodbye. All right uh let's jump over to chris chang top shot champion and get uh see how he's doing this morning i got way too many buttons to push today it's friday but boy i tell you what not nearly enough coffee it feels like a monday hello my friend
6: it must be man it's like a friday it's like (laughs) a morning it's
4: like a monday on a friday right i mean it's just good you know it's all good yeah (laughs) so uh how's how's life treating you my friend what's going on
6: yeah um oh, gosh I really can't complain been been traveling a ton uh, back home for a little bit. Uh, but back on the road here quite quite uh quite sin enough. Get, get, getting getting on the road. you're getting a lot
4: of you're doing the Lord's work is what I'm saying. You're doing the Lord's work out there, my son. <laughs> just go forth and do the Lord's work. How was the wedding in uh, in uh, in Hawaii that, that that was last time we talked? Yeah, you
6: know, yeah, and, uh, some friends who got married in Kauai, and uh, just gorgeous. I mean what a what a gorgeous setting. Uh, we were on the island of Kauai, uh, I haven't been there in a, a number of years, and it was yeah great to be back. And just we were with a bunch of wonderful friends. So you know, you have good friends, you know, good company, food and drinks, and and the setting. You know, as everyone knows, Hawaii is, is just this <laughs> is something else. So it was yeah. fantastic. What you're saying is it didn't suck. I mean, which is I just <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii, exactly. Hawaii is a setting.
4: It doesn't suck. No, that's pretty much <laughs> good stuff right there. Um, all right, well, uh, we're getting ready to uh, getting ready to jump into this here. How long have we got two minutes? Um, I definitely want to talk about – I'm sure that you've been hearing uh, a lot about the New Mexico situation and what's going on there. Uh, Do you have any friends that live there or have you had any conversations with anybody? I don't know anybody personally in New Mexico. So I'm I'm trying to get a feel for how the people – because it's kind of a purple state. But is it like Alaska where Alaska Alaska can be slightly purple but all the Democrats love their guns too? So it's like one of those things. I mean I kind of want to know – get your take on that.
6: Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't have any friends yeah, who live in the New Mexico area. But you know, what a what a government overreach. I mean, it's basically right. Yeah. Oh, man,
4: that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that was an amazing thing. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, what APA GOA is doing. Uh, see what else you got going on. Uh, Newsom, he's kind of his profiles dropped again after he dropped his bombshell of the 28th amendment. And, and I don't think he's going anywhere right now. And then kind of anything else you want to talk about, we will have a, we got a yeah. Uh,
6: you know, the, the big, big topic for me is uh, Biden's announcement uh, for the first federal gun violence prevention office. Uh, I don't know if you've talked about that already this morning, but I that is, not. yeah, that's like the big story on, on my, uh, on my radar. Um Not surprising, right, there's uh, gun control advocates who are uh, heading up the uh, gun violence prevention office and Vice President Harris is uh, overseeing this with this working group. Um, You know, we'll see if it's just a bunch of uh, kind of smoke and mirrors for the president to appease the gun control crowd because right. the gun control crowd has been asking for this for years. Right. And finally, for some reason, right. He's finally capitulated. So we can talk more about that.
4: All right. Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's chat it. We'll start with that because I hadn't, uh, I hadn't read much about that today and, uh, I got stuck on this whole New Mexico thing. So we'll, uh, we'll jump into this. Chris Chang, our guest, top shot champion season four, Please like and share the show, like and follow the show page, and let's uh, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Oh, it's Friday, man. Doesn't get any better than this. Here we go.
5: What the hell is an assault weapon?
6: You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those
2: to people and just sell protection guns. I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems.
5: Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Dukes show assault radio? (laughs) Okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes.
4: (laughs) michael duke show chris jack i do that just to see the smile on chris's face every time i see oh that. man
6: it, it just never gets old yeah have you, have you watched <laughs> that have old. you watched that full video that, yeah it's crazy i
4: will every now and then i'll re-watch it because it just makes me laugh so hard it's like a three minute <laughs> clip of this gal she is hysterical but yeah it's uh it's really really good stuff so it's uh yeah, it will never get old. That that little piece will never. I wish I could have more of those because they're just so good. Uh, anyway, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, season four of the television show Top Shot on the History Channel. Also author of the book Shoot to Win. Spokesperson for the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation. One of the founders of APAGOA. Uh, I mean, there's just so many hats you wear. You make me tired. I thought I worked a lot. You make me tired when I read that bio. Uh, Chris, how you doing, my friend?
6: yeah uh doing really great i'm uh, really happy to be here with you talking uh, for firearms friday we've got some uh, really Big announcements and some some news to talk about, so yeah, let's, I'm excited to get oh, into yeah, it Yeah, let's
4: dive right into it So first and foremost, and I have not spoken about this today, uh, so it's good that you can bring it out and break it out for us The president is now announcing that he is going to open up a office of gun violence prevention A federal office of gun violence prevention And of course he's stocked it with all the usual suspects on the anti-gun crowd No bias here, my friend, give me your thoughts, what's going on?
6: Yeah. All right. So this is unprecedented. This is the first ever federal uh, gun violence prevention office, and it's going to be overseen by Vice President Harris. Uh, Naturally, President Biden has stacked this gun violence prevention office with a whole bunch of gun control advocates. So it's very clear what kind of uh, you know, policy proposals and discussions and initiatives that are going to come out of this office. And it's not going to be anything good for those of us who support the Second Amendment. And so we'll see, you know, the the gun control crowd has been kind of pestering and nagging the president to create this gun violence prevention office for years. And so it's really curious, like, why now, right? Why did President Biden, after all these years, finally capitulate? And, you know, in the past, uh, the president's given given a lot of excuses such as, you know, let the let the um, the ATF do their job. You know, the uh, the this Office of Gun Violence Prevention isn't necessary. Um, But I, I think with the 2024 elections, you know, right around the corner and the president, quite frankly, needs as much support as he can get because the, you know his polling numbers are terrible, uh, his support is eroding on, on some fronts, and to shore up his gun control base is, I think, uh, probably a pretty smart move politically, right, in terms of getting ready for next year's election. But, you know, in terms of how effective this new gun violence prevention office is going to be, it, it's... It's just not going to be right. It's the same players. It's the same voices that we've already been hearing on the gun control side of things. And I'm not I'm not confident that having a uh, an office coming out of the White House on this topic is going to move the needle in any meaningful way. I think you and I talked about this. I think last time we talked, you know,
4: and I think it was basically about Newsom. uh, Same kind of thing where the Democrats keep glomming on to this idea of gun control as the. Issue that will somehow drive their voters to the polls and everything else. But I think it's a miscalculation, again, because we keep talking about these 8 million new gun owners uh, over the last year and even more over the last couple of years since COVID started, where a lot of these uh, gun owners are minorities, they're women, they're liberal. There, you know, more and more of this kind of stuff. It's not the winning argument that it used to be. In fact, in all the national polls that you see of all the issues that people care about in that it barely breaks the top 10 issues. And yet they keep grabbing onto it and grabbing onto it. Now, he may be solidifying his base by giving them what they really want. But is that going to move the needle in the elections? Is that going to really is that going to move the people
6: who are more in moderate or in the middle? I mean, the undecided, the independents? I, I don't think so at all. And I think the Democrats focus on gun control for this election cycle is incredibly tone deaf um, and, and pretty off-putting, I think, to many voters because, right, core issues right now, it's inflation. It's the economy. It's a lot of other things bef- you know that come way before gun control. Yeah. And so... You know, for for Newsom, Newsom's a different story. And and to be frank, he's a different beast. He's someone um, to be very concerned about because he's laying the groundwork for a future presidential run. You know, and of course, anything can happen between now and the 2024 election. And if, for whatever reason, Biden decides to not run for re-election, Newsom is definitely a top contender, right, to take Biden's place either now in the 2028 election cycle so for newsom right his support of the this new 28th amendment which is basically a gun control amendment it's dead in the water but what's interesting is here in california a constitutional convention vote just passed i think it was about within the past week so california has voted to call a constitutional convention now of course i think there's something like three quarters of other states Right. Also need to vote for this in order for the convention to actually happen. Right. Uh, And that's a whole nother can of worms, too, because, you know, I've been learning a little bit about constitutional conventions and I'm no expert. But if a constitutional convention is called, any amendments to the Constitution can be presented. Right. So it's not narrow. It's not narrow in scope. It's not one issue. You can't just vote on the 28th Amendment. The entire thing is wide open gun rights groups right we could propose amendments and then of course we could go into many other hot topic button issues such as abortion and you know all the the immigration border control right so the democrat you know newsom in particular right he's he's the sharp tip of the spear for this constitutional convention to pass this gun control 28th amendment if he gets his dream in terms of having the constitutional convention happen he may not get the amendment passed and there actually might be other amendments that get proposed and actually get passed that would be against the democrats uh, agenda so You know, um, it's an it's a very interesting time, uh, not just in gun politics, but just American politics in general.
4: Yeah, no. And I think Newsom is setting the stage. I would agree with that. But I think he's smart in the fact that he's, you know, basically trying to flex his bona fides. Right. I mean, first of all, look at me. I'm the anti-gun guy. But you're right. I think he's thinking long term. But there is a possibility I mean, Biden bows out or, I mean, he falls down the stairs again. I mean, whatever. If he is unable or unwilling to run, they would have – because they – I mean, who else have they got? Kamala? Kamala has got no, zero –
6: yeah. No, she's I she's mean, a she's a
4: disaster. The only piece of good news about the gun violence prevention office is that Kamala's in charge, right? Because
6: that just means yeah, nothing to We know gonna, yeah. it's <laughs> be
4: she, she, did, she did such a bang-up job on nope, the board. Yeah. yeah she'll she'll know.
6: bundle it like she has many other issues yeah. during her, so, her term.
4: But yeah, I mean Newsom is again, of all the candidates that I see out there that have been suggested, he is the scariest to me. He really is, the one that uh is the most frightening
6: because he's also he's cunning he's smart and and i think this shows that he, he's very shrewd he is the political operator that actually does it right in, in my opinion now when i I'm, I'm giving him a compliment now clearly i don't support mo- him much of what governor newsom uh stands for but again to accent the point you know he's the former mayor of san francisco right and, right. and i live in san francisco and i lived here I, I, I was here when he was mayor and he got a lot of things done, you know, and, and you know, as uh, he's been lieutenant governor and now he's the governor, you know, clearly uh, he's a very ambitious individual and he's a politician that is not going to rest until he reaches as far as he can get up to the top. So, you know, definitely everyone needs to know, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom of California. He's trying to make a national name for himself. Uh, I would say he's really successful currently yeah. at getting on the national uh, you know, national news, um, and he, he's definitely a, a big concern yeah, to, be, absolutely. Uh, to be keeping an eye on. I got about 90 seconds
4: here, but I wanted a quick touch on the New Mexico thing. How much insanity was that? I mean, just what kind of craziness is that?
6: Yeah, I mean this is uh, an example of an elected official, you know, in the executive branch just grasping at straws. And I mean that's how I I read it is just desperation, right? That she's willing the governor was willing to risk her political career, right? By viol- by directly violating the second amendment in order to, you know, I, I don't know if she's just trying to score some cheap political points. Um it's actually not my read. My read is I think she believes she's doing the right thing. Well, you can never justify, uh, you know, a uh, 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 quote unquote. Uh, what was it? A uh, not a medical emergency. What, what, what's yeah, the was, phrase that she using? Yeah, it was. A, a, it was a healthcare, public health
4: public health issue, public health emergency. But it's not an exception to the Constitution. I yeah, think you, she can't, might, you
6: can't just call a, a public health crisis or, a, you know, an emergency to override the Constitution. That just is very clear. Chris. Exact. Yeah. overreach Chris like Chang probably going to get there is a recall that's happening it is yeah, happening right an impeachment there.
4: that's right yeah uh, Chris Chang chop shot champion season four Out right of time the Michael Duke show common sense radio back with more after this
5: streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook live and Michael Dukes
4: yeah no I think that uh <clears throat> one of the things that we've pontificated on here is that I think she may have been trying to show her own bona fides. You know, look at me, Gavin, I'm over here. Maybe you need a vice presidential candidate. Maybe you need, you Maybe. know, something. But I mean, it's a risky maneuver cuz she's burned her bridges in in New Mexico. I think that the chances of her coming back because there was so much pushback from both Democrats or Republicans and Democrats. I I just don't know that she would I don't think she has good reelection possibilities in New Mexico for the future. I think she's termed out now, but in the future, I don't think, I think she'd have a hard time
6: holding office down there. Maybe this was her next logical step. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I I mean, I think the the reality too is that, uh, you know, some voters have short memories, right? So they, they may um, either not care about this issue or they may forget about it. I mean, if, if the governor plays this smart, right, if she, she just needs to lay low, right? Yeah. This is, it's the classic playbook of, at least for me, I would say, like, you just need to be quiet, <laughs> yeah. lay low, uh, go do some other good thing, go do some good things, right, that will uh, push the bad news, right, uh, off the first page Google results, and then pray, right, that next time you want to yeah. run for office, that the voters will well, uh, forget except about she... how you violated the constitution. But yeah, I mean, that's a that's a stretch. That's a big
4: yeah. Stretch. No, I think she doubled down because as soon as the injunction came through, she rewrote the order to now. Oh, it only applies now to parks and 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 whatever in the thing, which is still blatantly yeah. unconstitutional. Yeah. So I mean, she's going to face another. There's going to be another court challenge on that. So. I don't know man but you know, people were just looking when Dave when you when David Hogg says this is bad right there is no exception in the constitution for a medical emergency when David Hogg and Ted Liu are like no 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 you gotta yeah. be like, what did you do?
6: What yeah, what were you yeah. thinking? Yeah, you crossed the Rubicon, and, and yeah, you probably ain't coming back from that. That's insane, <laughs> man. That's just that's just not. And she, the thing is, she looks right at the
4: camera and says, "This is the right thing to do." She chastises the sheriff, where the sheriff says, "I'm not going to do this because this is unconstitutional." And she says, "I don't need a scolding or uh, to be educated on the Constitution from the sheriff. He needs to enforce the law." If the law is, he swore an oath with the laws unconstitutional, he has a duty not to support it. So, I mean, I think a lot of times, I think there's a combination of things, but that power, man, ooh, it goes right to your head. And when you can see what you can do when you have emergency powers, oh, man. Yeah, they just, they love to do that stuff. Uh, Chris, final uh, things. What else, anything else you got going on that we need to talk about next, next time we get together?
6: Yeah, let's see. Um... Yeah, some, you know, new videos uh, have uh, started trickling out from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. These are uh, new shooter videos, right, to help make that first time shooting experience a great one, Uh, mostly talking about like what to expect at the range and the kind of, you know, people that you're, you're, you know, that a new shooter is going to interact with, you know, basically, right, you walk to the gun counter, and the simple act of Seeing a civilian with a holstered pistol, for example, uh, can be very disorienting <laughs> and, and unsettling, right? Yeah. For the for the newcomers, so right, these videos, uh, right? Talk about just all these things that you, me, and other gun owners we just sort of take for granted. Uh, I mean, simple things like when you go to the range, it's gonna be loud because there are gunshots, right? So you need to have good hearing protection. <laughs> but right, just just. Some of those real bread and butter basics that get sort of, I think, get glossed over, you know, gun owners. We just sort of don't think about talking to new gun owners or new shooters about like that's what these videos are going to focus on again to make sure that that first shooting experience is a great one to make sure that they keep on coming back for more.
4: Yeah, we forget. We forget that first experience that we may have had or for those of us that were raised in the gun culture, it's just natural for us. It's You know, you walk into a gun store, you can expect every employee will be armed. And you're just like, I, you know, I see it and I get a warm fuzzy. But I could see as yeah. how somebody who is gun curious would be like, whoa,
6: whoa, good, yeah, good. Exactly. M- if if they if they don't see a person with a badge, right, that has a gun, like you know, then yeah, then it, uh, it's a foreign concept to them. But right, there's plenty of civilians like like you, me, and others who right have holstered weapons, uh, you know, at the range. You know, right, sometimes out in public if you know you're an open carry state et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yeah these, these new videos from the NSSF um, you know, are going to make a, make, a, make, a, make a big difference in that new shooter first-time experience. And those are all up on the NSSF's uh, YouTube page, right? Yeah, exactly. NSSF.IT slash Top Shot Chris.
4: NSSF.IT slash Top Chris. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, my friend, as always, it's a pleasure to speak with you sunny california and all that and and uh whatever the all the stuff you bring to this. Thanks for coming on today. I love it. Uh Thanks as
6: always for having me. We'll
4: talk to you next month, okay? Thanks so Bye-bye. much. Chris uh Chris Chang, top shot champion season 4. Hey, look at that, just in time. Just in time. Let me uh fix this. I know Willie is coming. The phone's going to buzz here any second. All right, uh here we go. Uh the Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow, subscribe, ring the bell. i got to pull all this stuff down here. Oh, there we go. All right, uh, getting to it. Phone's buzzing, ready to go. (sighs) Willie Waffle. Let's do it, Willie. Here we go. Okay, the weekend is upon us, but it's not a start to the weekend until you have your waffle with maple syrup and more. I'm just saying, I'm sure he's delicious that way. Willie Waffle, wafflemovies.com. Hello, my friend. Isn't that like the perfect
1: way to start a weekend? Like just like a really awesome breakfast? Because let's face it, during the week. Who has time for breakfast? Right. I know, I You're know. lucky if you grab a donut, you grab a bagel, yeah, whatever it might be. Now on the weekend, we sit, yeah. we make
4: waffles, <laughs> and we enjoy ourselves. I haven't had a waffle in forever. I mean, it's it's gotta been really? years since I had a waffle. What I, my wife and I do do on the weekends do do see there what I did there um, yeah yeah baby we yeah. <laughs> uh, we have the uh, we have the uh, 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 avocado on toast. Smashed avocado. With, oh nice. With some everything bagel seasoning and some fresh bacon and that's breakfast. It's delicious. I mean it is so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I look forward
1: to yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know I don't know who these people are who hate the millennials for giving us avocado uh on toast. No, no, no. This was a good thing. Oh, that's not a <laughs> millennial that's not a
4: millennial thing. My grandfather well, was Well it kinda doing, was. <laughs> my grand my grandfather was doing uh, okay. avocado on toast when I was a kid. 35, 40 years ago. This is not anything new. So it's a uh, Trendsetter. setter. Yeah, that's right. It's something we've been doing for years <laughs> in my family. All right. Well, hey, let's get into it. Let's talk about the headlines. Um, what do we got? Uh, we got. Um, oh, uh, Beetle. Come on. Beetle you know, Geist. Beetle. OK, well, oh, you
1: want to start with Beetlejuice. OK, okay we'll right. start
4: with Beetlejuice. All right. So this
1: is a hilarious story in my mind, um, you know, so Tim Burton's been out there doing interviews, uh, you know, uh, talking about, you know, Beetlejuice and some of the things that are going on. And uh, he 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 dropped a bombshell. He said, yeah, when when the uh, when the writer strike kicked in and we had to shut down production, we only had like a day and a half left to go what they oh, were geez. almost done oh, they were that close to done so yeah, close so, so close he, yeah he's like man like like i'm 99 percent done we just got to put everybody together for like a, for the last two days and i'm thinking well here's the problem you know for people who who have heard about this or, or listened to us and remember this story stuff got stolen from the beetlejuice set like, like a big statue got stolen. Uh, some of the props from downtown got stolen. They're going to have to find those before they can go back into production <laughs> or at
4: least replace them very, very, very quickly. Yeah. Oh, man, what a bummer. All right. Well, but that's, I mean, that not that the thing? Oh, man, we were all ready. We were just like one day from wrapping, and now we're, oh, you got to pull it all back yeah, together. And they've,
1: they've been delayed for almost four months now. Yeah. Over four months, actually.
4: Yeah. Good cast though: Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, Jenna or- Ortega, and William Defoe. Oh, yeah. Man. That's
1: the one. That's the first time I've heard he's in the movie. Yeah, that's, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be
4: awesome. He does. <laughs> he does creepy like nobody else. So I can't wait to see what he's doing in that. Um, all right. I know you've been wanting to talk. I know I kind of I kind of blocked you there. Vanna White. That's all right. Vanna White gets
2: paid
1: dollar dollar bills you all yes <laughs> vanna cut a new deal you know uh when when pat announced that he was retiring pat that would be pat sajak to those of you who aren't on a first name basis with them like i am when pat decided to retire uh one of the things that came out was that vanna wants to keep going and vanna wants a big fat raise because it turns out she hasn't had a raise in like 20 years or something and uh Dang. you know she was making a lot less than Pat, too, Yeah, and, uh, and and she she went for it, man. She started playing her cards. She started working the PR machine. She started to remind them that, hey, you already are risking the, the fact that people might leave because Pat left. Right. What do you think is going to happen if both of us leave? And she got herself a raise. Now, not quite to Pat Sajak levels. 'Cause he was making she,
4: he was making like 15, fifteen million. Yeah, fifteen million a year. Yeah. She was she was making three, but she got somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, somewhere in the middle. The the rumor is around 8 million, which you know what? Good for her. 8 million a year. I think that's a great move.
4: I mean, I'd give my yeah. money away if I made that kind of money. I'd give, you know, I'd give your money away if I made that kind of money. So, <laughs> you know, every year. Not a bad not a bad deal if you can uh, not a bad deal if you can do it. Well, good for her. Now, Ryan Seacrest is going to be popping up as host next year yep and avana says she's staying for at least two more years all right well hey another 15 million in the bank what more could you ask for there you go um all right i think it's great yeah no it's good stuff uh sports you know i don't care about sports why do you even put this stuff on the list why why do you
1: because there might be other people that care okay i I don't care about sports but max is doing it right this is your signal if you haven't already gotten it that Television is moving to the streams forever and ever. And yet starting October 5th, Max, the big streaming service that used to be HBO Max, is adding what they call the Bleacher Report Hub, which is going to have dedicated live sports, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, 24 Hours of Le Mans. They're going to bring it. They promise over 300 quote-unquote games per year. And it's going to be free un- until February 29th when they're going to start charging you 10 bucks a month. And that happens to be when college basketball season really kicks in and March Madness kicks in. And, right, right. Yeah, they're thinking that you're going to pay the 10 bucks for that.
4: Right. The first taste is free, and then we start hitting you for March Madness, getting ready for March Madness and all that. But they're also doing not just sports. They're actually going to do what? They have another hub yeah, CNN. for CNN? Yeah, they have
1: yeah, they're going to have a CNN hub for for some of their programming that's on CNN uh, for headline news type stuff. I mean, they are really trying to build Max as you know almost like a little mini cable system. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and you're and you're seeing that with with Disney Plus. You know, Disney and Hulu, uh, you know, are delivering ESPN Plus and Disney Plus and Hulu, which has a lot of the network uh, reruns. I mean, you know, they're all making that move, right. and uh, you know, I think the the question now becomes you know who who's going to who's going to kind of be next to leave because They don't have a partner at the dance. I'm
4: looking at you, Paramount+. Plus. Right. Well, and the (laughs) the hub is essentially just a channel within the app, right? I mean, where it's running at 24 hours a day. And, you know, and we're seeing all the apps. The pricing is going up. Netflix went up. Disney went up. I just got a notification the other day that Acorn TV, which is the British, where you can watch all the British shows, which my wife loves, it's going, it's almost, it went from $4 a month to like $8 a month. So it doubled. But, I mean, so these things are going... Going up and up and up i mean i used to brag about the fact that i spend half of what i spent on my old cable bill and i get to watch more of what i want to watch is it going to get to the point to where i'm paying the same as i was when i was buying cable oh we're almost there
1: i mean when you when you look at let me get my amazon prime let me get my peacock let me get my paramount plus let me get my disney plus let me get my apple plus let me get my hulu my espn plus my max yeah, it's starting to add up, people. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and I think, and I think that's been the hardest transition for streaming, because you know, it, it, let's face it, for a long time it was, I've got Netflix, everything is awesome, I see everything that's streaming, and now there's just so many other things that are out there, so many other options that are out there, you just can't keep up. There, there's no watching everything anymore. Everybody just kind of falls into their niche and enjoys it, and if you happen to hear about something else, and eh, maybe you'll check it out.
4: For a month or so to watch that series or that season, and then you'll move on. Yeah. Well, interesting. Max is uh, definitely, I'm still trying to decide because Max is also Discovery, and I have both the Max and the Discovery Plus app, and I'm like, I need to kill Discovery Plus because I get all that stuff over here, so why bother? Well, you know,
1: almost all of it, almost all of it, they they were sneaky. They knew there were some things they wanted to keep on Discovery Plus to keep some of that cash coming in.
4: So you know, yeah, I don't know what's hey, missing. I don't. I, I quite honestly don't know what's missing at this point. Yeah,
1: but yeah. But you know, n- never underestimate the ability of a corporation to squeeze more money out of you, my friend. <sighs> never,
4: never. <laughs> uh, final word. Uh, we were getting word last night, and I don't know if you've done reading any papers this morning or not. It's. I know it's kind of early, but I know last night they were in a hot and heavy discussion about the writer strike. Uh, are they going to have a resolution this morning, today? Did it happen it, last it, night? I mean.
1: You know, I haven't seen yet. I mean, I literally have just been running around. I haven't seen the news, but... You know, uh, as things were happening uh, yesterday, um, the all the big uh, studio heads were in the negotiation. That's usually a sign that we're pretty close, that now the players are involved rather than just their representatives. And and the word had been floated out earlier this week that this is the negotiation that could possibly end the writers, uh, the writers strike, which would be a big deal. I mean, the actors are still going to be on strike, but you're going to see uh you're going to kind of see the pipeline open a little bit. Yeah. All your late night shows are going to come back, your daytime talk shows are going to come back. Drew Mary Drew Barrymore will be able to walk down the street without being assaulted by picketers anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a whole new day.
4: It's a new <laughs> day in Hollywood. All right. Well, I mean, I that's good for those of us that enjoy Hollywood's entertainment. Most people probably don't care, but it means we won't at least be in rerun hell for the, you know, part of the winter we will cuz it's going to take them a while to gear well, back up but it won't be, uh, it, it be long It'll take
1: them a while. I'll drop the piece that that will make everybody here who's listening happy. It means they can start writing Yellowstone Season 5 Part 2.
4: Nice. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs>
1: that's what I'm waiting for.
4: At least wrap it up for me. That's all I care about. Don't leave me hanging. Don't leave me hanging. Um, all right, on to the movies. Uh, Expendables 4, um, the most <laughs> ridiculous movie series in history that's still so enjoyable. Give it to me.
1: It is. I mean, you know, but I think that I feel like the fun, the bloom is off the rose a little bit, you know, like, you know, when the first one came out, of course it was horrible. Of course it was over the top, but dude, it was Sylvester Stallone doing it again. It was Arnold joining in, doing it again. It was Chuck Norris in there doing it again. You know, and as the years went on, we got Mel Gibson and we got Bruce Willis and we got all sorts of folks, pardon me. And it was fun, but well, not as many of them are involved anymore. And, they, and they've been replaced. They've been replaced, by, they've been replaced by 50 Cent. They've been replaced by Megan Fox. Wait,
4: what? Megan Fox. You can expend yeah. her all you want. That's fine with me. She doesn't, doesn't bother me. I just, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just don't think it would be very comfortable to be fighting the bad guys wearing a crop top and leather pants. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'd no, like a little it armor. It works
4: can, for her. Can I have some yeah. armor, please? Just give me some armor. That's like those video games that the you know that you grew up with, you know, that I grew up with anyway. Here's your armor for the guy, and it's this big brutish chest place, and here's your armor for the girl character, and it's like a steel bikini. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> exactly. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, come on. That I mean, I want uh, you know. Anyway, uh, okay and that's
1: so- pretty much what she's wearing, you know. And uh, you know, and and and, you know, and I know this is gonna be surprising, but you know. The plot is there's a bad guy and the bad guy is trying to get detonators for nuclear warheads. Of course he is. So the CIA, yes. And the CIA has hired the expendables to save the day. Of course they have. And yeah. And then they're going to start kicking some booty and a lot of stuff's going to blow up. And, 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 and you're gonna sit around going, who are all these new whippersnappers out yeah, there? Yeah, I know. Who are th- who are these people? You know, they're good actors. I mean, like Tony Ja. I actually, am, I I'm actually a fan of his. You know, he's 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 kind of like a martial arts uh, right, expert, awesome right. kind of guy. You know, and and he joins the Expendables in this one. And you're like, I don't know who he is. I mean, he's pretty cool, but you know, I don't think he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I think that's what they're going to be fighting. And I think it's it's that that's that's the sign that it's over. And even Sylvester Stallone has said. This is it, people. Uh, we're done. We're done. We're you done. know. <laughs> all right. Well,
4: negative one to four waffles on the expendables.
1: Well, I gotta go one and a half because like
4: even the fight scenes are predictable. What is uh, that all about? Oh man, come on. All right. Yeah. Finally, the one I kind of been waiting for, the new Peacock series, The Continental. It's a prequel to yeah. John Wick. You learn the origins of Winston, the manager of the Continental. I am intrigued.
0: I think it's
1: it's a decent, decent series. Now, when I say series, I think that's probably pushing it. it's It's more of a mini series. It's three episodes, but each one is like an hour and a half long. and And it is, like you said, it is the story of young Winston. and and we see him plotting revenge on the man who got into a huge dispute with his brother. That man being the current owner of the Continental Hotel, Cormac. Yeah. Played by Mel
4: Gibson. Mel Gibson. Which is just like, yes.
1: Oh man. (laughs) And and he is an over-the-top senior and chewing bad guy. Okay? Like that. There's Bombast and then there's Mel Gibson times twenty. And that's what you're getting here. Okay. And yes, and, and and you're getting, I think, a little bit more serious tone. Than the the John Wick movies, uh, you know they can't quite go as over the top with the crazy violence and right. action, but they try, they try, they they yeah. they spent every dollar of that budget, baby. Okay, they probably stole some money from underneath the rugs or something, right? But uh, you know, and, and and I like I like uh, this guy, this Colin Woodle who's playing young Winston. I mean, he really does. Kind of do a decent impression of the man that we know, right? He kind of gives them the voice. He kind of gives them the mannerisms. He can't go full on because, you know, those things develop over time, right. but he gives you the hints of that. And and you you get the hints of like, uh, you know, uh, Lance Riddick's character. Uh, we get a younger version of him. And then we get a whole bunch of other crazy, wild characters that are making up this this underworld New York scene. Like, it, uh, gosh, I want to say it was either like 79, 80, 81, somewhere in there is when the movie set and uh, and and i remember new york city was a cesspool then <laughs> and, and, and they Listen. really do a great job of portraying that
4: <laughs> nice well i know you're not a huge fan of the john wick franchise i'm but, not but give me a give me a waffle meter here negative one to four where are we at
1: i'm at like two waffles i'm not uh, a huge fan
4: That's okay. but hey no you know, en- i'm sure enough said know. enough said you gave john yeah. wick two waffles so i'm okay with that i do uh, yeah <laughs> willie waffle waffle we are out of time my friends willie thank you so much folks coming up on monday i don't know something it'll be fun be here or be square have a great weekend right so again we know that uh we know that you are not a john wick fan okay no i'm not i mean you have really you've really talked down and poo-pooed all the movies (laughs) you bastard um and uh you know i i I get so if you give it two waffles which is what you gave i think john wick and i think you actually gave the second one like one and a half waffles uh, which yeah, is just yeah. shows how bad your taste is um you know i think if you give it two waffles that's a solid that's a solid uh entrance into the wick universe that i'm willing to go spend some time on
1: well you know it, it's better than the expendables and uh, you know that says a lot that says a lot and, you know hey you know i i think that this is i, I will be honest I think the the John Wick universe explosion has quite taken me by surprise. I mean, I don't get it. There are a lot of people who love it. Hey, great. You know, I I will admit I am kind of excited about the next movie in the John Wick universe, uh, Ballerina with –
4: one uh that's only because uh, anna Diarmas is in a, it yeah. i mean come on you're, you're yeah. that's the only reason
0: oh,
1: you're yeah. into it
4: oh yeah oh, totally oh, yeah. totally a tub of oh, popcorn yeah. dark I... room willie will be happy <laughs> <laughs> on anna Diarmas and on a big screen oh yeah no it should be great <laughs> all right well that's good you know i mean it's good stuff all right anything next week we need to know about before i let you go how about saw 10 10. this means I have to watch the number first this, this means I have to watch the first nine. Okay, that's just not. No. Uh, so, something n- tells me
1: the subtlety is not going to be there to kind of study for. <laughs> I
4: just <laughs> number ten. Anything that's got a ten in its name is like really. Um,
2: I know. All right? all right.
4: Well, Willie, thanks so much, my friend. It's good to talk with you. We'll talk to you next week. See you then. All right, folks. Out of time. We will see you Monday.